Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Judges chapter 20, one of the most gruesome stories in all of scripture. but packed with revelation for us as we are in the midst of our time of prayer and fasting. And for those of you that might be here uh, for the first time, or maybe it's one of, one of your first times here, we pray, and in fact, prayer is the very fabric of this church. That's how we got to where we are. That's how anything that's happened that's good has happened, because we pray and the God's grace Prayer is the backbone or the fabric of who we are here at King's. It's not something that we do at the beginning of the service and something that we do at the end. We pray and, and, and we fast, and we're, we're fasting now, but we, we have prayer meetings seven days a week. It's not just once on a Friday night, and I'm not against that, but I just think once on a Friday night doesn't bring the kind of in, you know, increase and release of God's power that he would desire. You've got to learn to fast, and you've got to learn to pray. So we have a wonderful prayer meeting. It'll be here tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I will be here with you. It goes from 7 to 7.30, individual, 7.30 to 8, goes corporate. I will be here tomorrow uh, helping to lead that uh, along with a great team of people. And uh, there's so, I don't, I don't know what the attendances are this week for prayer, but we've had as many as 80, 85 people. A goal is that we would have 100 people consistently in prayer. That prayer meeting has been here when I mean here at King's for 22 plus years, it's been an ongoing prayer meeting. And that's why we're able to see the building built. That's why you see a church is filled with people. That's why you see signs and wonders and miracles because we pray and we fast. Fasting is crucial. Come on, somebody say fasting's crucial. It is, it is really part of the, the disciplines of being a Christian. So we're we're fasting, and they always go together, fasting and prayer. So 21 days, and we're on the final week. Glory to God. <laughs> final week. I have heard rumor that some of you are going to go uh, into a 40-day fast, which is only 19 more, so go for it. Amen. Just make sure that's okay between you and your doctor. And, you know, after a 40-day water fast, if you eat a tomato, you're going to experience tremendous glory <laughs> because you'll be dead. So you can't. You eat a tomato after a 40-day fast, that's it, it's over. There's certain things you can't do, so you need to be careful about that, but we're very excited about this fast. I have been charged by God's power. He's spoken to me. The first week was just so exhilarating, tremendous breakthrough here, and we will culminate the fast by the grace of God, 90% chance. The final, the final miracle service and the final day of our fast will be in our new building and, and if you'll pray and agree, uh, then we'll see that come to pass. Six o'clock over in the new facility, lots of parking, three acres of it. Judges chapter 20. So we'd encourage you to come. Like you said, I haven't been fasting, but just jump right on. Jump right on, catch, catch these last few days. How many of you need a breakthrough in your life? Yeah. How, how, many need, how many need some miracles? Yeah. All right, well, then you do your part. God does his. You know, God won't do your part. You had to get your carcass out of bed or you know, away from the TV tonight, to get, pry yourself away from the Disney Channel, which you should do every day. Forsake Netflix, and, and you had to come to church today. I commend you. Judges 20, 
Now, I think I'm going to read 36 verses of Scripture, which they tell you in seminary, which is oftentimes a cemetery, that you should never do that. I've found that many times the professionals have no clue. So uh, I'm going to read from the New King James. Are you ready? Pastor Karen, would you come and read the word for us tonight? I got it right here. I love the sound of your voice. And here we go. Judges chapter 20. Stand up if you're able, and if you're not able to, stand up on the inside. Judges chapter 20, verses 1 through 36. It's the entire chapter. Are you ready? Now, if you get tired at any point, just some of you didn't read your chapter of Scripture today, so this is going to help. Is that the deans? Hey, we love you guys. So sorry about the loss of your dad. He's celebrating with mom. We love the deans. God bless you. Welcome home. We're so glad to have you. All right, let's, let's go ahead and get it. Judges 20, verse 1 through 36. Let's read the word. Wonderful. So all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, as well as from the land of Gilead, and the congregation gathered together <clears throat> as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. And the leaders of all the people, all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God. <clears throat> 400,000 foot soldiers who drew the sword. Now the children of Benjamin had heard that the children of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. Then the children of Israel said, tell us, how did this wicked deed happen? So the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, my concubine and I went to Gibeah, into Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin, to spend the night. And the men of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house at night because of me. They intended to kill me, but instead they ravished my concubine so that she died. So I took hold of my concubine, cut her in pieces, and sent her throughout all the territory of the inheritance of Israel because they committed lewdness and outrage in Israel. Look, all of you are children of Israel. Give your advice and counsel here now and now. So all the people arose as one man saying, none of us will go into his tent, not, nor will any turn back to his house. But now this thing which we will do to Gibeah, we will go up against it by lot. We will take 10 men out of every hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, a hundred out of every thousand, and a thousand out of every 10,000 to make provisions for the people that when they come to Gibeah and Benjamin, they may repay all the vileness that they had done in Israel. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, united together as one man. Then the tribes of Israel sent men throughout all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What is this wickedness that has occurred among you? Now therefore, deliver up the men, the perverted men who are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and remove the evil from Israel. But the children of Benjamin would not listen to the voice of their brethren, the children of Israel, in, uh, the children of Israel. Instead, the children of Benjamin gathered together from their cities to Gibeah to go to battle against the children of Israel. And from their cities at that time, the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword, besides the inhabitants at Gibeah, who numbered 700 select men. Among all this people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. Now Benjamin, the men of Israel, numbered 400, 
now besides Benjamin, the men of Israel numbered 400,000 men who drew the sword. All of these were men of war. Then the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. They said, which of us shall go up first to battle against the children of Benjamin? So the Lord said, Judah first. So the children of Israel rose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin. And the men of Israel put themselves in battle array to fight against them at Gibeah. Then the children of Benjamin came out of Gibeah. And on that day cut down to the ground 22,000 men of the Israelites. And the people, that is, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves and again formed the battle line at the place where they had put themselves in array on the first day. Then the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I again draw near for battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against him. So the children of Israel approached the children of Benjamin on the second day. And Benjamin went out against them from Gibeah on the second day and cut down to the ground 18,000 more of the children of Israel. All these drew the sword. Then all the children of Israel, that is, all the people, went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. And then, the men, then Israel set men in ambush all around Gibeah. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in battle array against Gibeah as at other times. So the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. They began to strike down and kill some of the people as of the other times in the highways, one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah, and in the field, about 30 men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said, they are defeated before us as at first. But the children of Israel said, let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all of the men so all the men of Israel rose from their place and put themselves in battle array at Baal Tamar. Then Israel's men in ambush burst forth from their position in the plain of Geba. And 10,000 select men from all Israel came against Gibeah, and the battle was fierce. But the Benjamites did not know that disaster was upon them. The Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel, and the children of Israel destroyed that day 25,000 100 Benjamites, all these drew the sword. So the children of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. The men of Israel had given ground to the Benjamites because they relied on the men in the ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. Let's pray. Thank you, Pastor Karen. Father, we agree. For you to speak to us with crystal clear clarity and you to write upon the fleshly tablets of our heart that we would hear what the Spirit would say to us, your bride your people, the flock in your care. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. May we be equipped to understand the battle and why it rages and why things are so challenging at times. And as a result, may we win more and more battles. May those who've been stuck in a place of seeming defeat rise in faith to smite their enemy and to 
obtain victory in Jesus' name. Can you give a big amen? amen. You may be seated. Is Lewis here? Lewis, are you here? Lewis lost his dad tonight at 521, I think, about that. Let's pray for Lewis. Father, we thank you for our beloved brother. His dad went on to be with the Lord, and yet he's here grieving, hurting, Lord. We celebrate the hope of heaven, but at the same time, we're here in the midst of loss and grief. Comfort him, help him, touch the whole family. And we thank you that one day, will be reunited. Bless and help him now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have been in a remarkable battle for, well, the truth is, Christianity is a battle. So bump, bump your neighbor and say, you're in a fight. Okay, bump your other, other neighbor and say, there's a battle going on. Okay, also Paul tells us that in Ephesians, on and on and on. And if you're going to do something for God, you're going to run into opposition. I, don't, I forget which speaker it was. It might have been Jeannie Mayo who spoke at our conference. What a fiery lady. Holy cow. Anyway, Jeannie Mayo, I think she said uh, something to the effect that if, you don't, if you're not having a problem with darkness fighting against you, you're probably not doing anything for God. And I thought, wow, that's, that's quite a statement. So you're going to have battles, you're going to have war, you're going to have challenges where you know what God's will is, and then the, the enemy would oppose that and even get you to attempt to get you to believe that if it was God's will, it would have happened. That's one of the great strategies of hell, is that you know what God's will is, but because messages like this maybe you haven't heard before, then because it doesn't come to pass in the first 30 seconds of you believing it, then you give in. You, you cave in, you, you give in, you quit. You know, I've found something about quitting. If you never quit, you never lose. I just keep getting back up. Anybody just keep getting back up? Yeah, there's, there's a war going on, and you got to keep getting back up. This text, and it was rather lengthy, these 36 verses, but I wanted you to get a full feel for it, is one of the most gruesome stories in all of the Bible, and you do have notes. So go ahead and fill those in as we move along, and I believe they have that on the screen also. And it's a picture of, the, of a hard-fought fight. You ever heard that expression? Man, it was a hard-fought fight. Many times spoken about a, uh, a boxing event, but in this case, spoken about this war that took place to, to get evil exp uh, out of Israel, this horrible event that happened. And without going into all the details and all the reasons for why he cut her into pieces and so on and so forth, I want to talk in a general way that this man, he's traveling and he comes to, comes to Benjamin and, and they basically surround his house, not unlike Sodom and Gomorrah, very similar. And they, they demand to have him, but they take his, his concubine instead. And they ravage her. You all know what that means? Okay, until she dies. It's wicked. So it's a wicked thing, and wicked things happen. The thing about this is, it wasn't just a group of wicked men that did it. It was a group of wicked men that did it, and the whole tribe endorsed it. That's different. Because you would think, you know, I mean, there's been some horrible crimes. The, the crime rate is going up, except in Alaska, it's going down. 
We need a great awakening. We need a great revival. Some of the things that are taking place are just, they're unspeakable. They never would have happened, you know, years ago. Or there were things that happened, of course, years ago, but it seems less and less. And now there's more and more of it. And that horrible murder in Idaho and, and on and on and on. And I, I got a phone call today from a very dear friend in Hawaii. And um, I never met the couple, but... A, a solid, strong Christian couple served God their whole life. They had a business on the big island. Their grandson came and took their lives. And I won't, that's all I'll say, because it's just so gruesome. And he's in jail. There's so much demon power being manifested, and there's a war going on. So when that happens, you know, we still have a justice system. And how many of you know that justice should be served? Right. So if somebody murders somebody, really. They need to be dealt with. And I, I do believe in capital punishment. I'll just throw that out right from Scripture. The problem with capital punishment is you, sometimes they, they get the facts wrong and somebody can be killed you know, innocently or by accident, and that would be horrible. But that's what happens here. These, these wicked men do this perversity, and then the, the, the tribe says, no, you can't have them. These are our brothers is basically what they say. And they go out three times, they win on the third time, but the two other times that Israel goes out to deal with Benjamin, they lose. And God told them to go, and they lose. They just lost that, they lost that battle, but they didn't lose the war. But if they had stopped fighting, they would have lost the war. And they inquire of God. And it really wasn't until the third time that they fast and they pray and they inquire of God. They did what? They fast and they pray, they inquire of God. And they have a new strategy and God gives them tremendous breakthrough. Why certain battles are so difficult? Why certain battles are difficult? Why it's harder to win in some battles than others? And it's, it's because of an endorsement of evil. Because when there's an endorsement of evil, it gets entrenched. I've seen it in homes, I've seen it in marriages, I've seen it in regions and territories. When there's an endorsement of perversity, it just is harder to win in those areas. It's harder to, it's harder to get the breakthrough when there's an endorsement. Nike endorses some great basketball player or some, some football player, an endorsement. When, when there's someone who comes into agreement with darkness, it makes it harder to break. And when you have a region that comes into agreement with darkness, it makes it harder to break through. And that is the case with these. These Benjamites, they valued their relationship with their brothers more than God's word. I'm gonna try that over here. It's gonna sting in a second. They valued their relationship with their brothers more than God's word. See, some of you, probably just online maybe, some of you are afraid of hurting someone's feelings. I'm not afraid of hurting someone's feelings. I'm, I'm not going to hurt someone on purpose, but I love a quote from Dr. Morocco. You'll love this, Pastor Jason. It's so good to have you here. Quote from Dr. Morocco. Do the right thing, and if people don't like it, they can cram it. I did ask him what cram it means, and he says, never mind, it's just do the right thing. And I remember what that was. I, I remember the event. We had started some... Uh, we had a, a foothold in New Zealand, and we were going to start works there. And um, uh, Pastor Phil had gone down. Who Pastor Phil's gone on to be with the Lord. Pastor Phil had gone down to, to be a part of that and started. And so Dr. Morocco flew down there to have a, 
a members meeting to, to present the vision of the church and go through doctrine and answer questions and invite everybody to be a part of the vision of Kings. And so in doing that, no one wanted to be a part of Kings. They just wanted the place to go and visit. And so he closed it down. He said, well, if there's no covenant, then we're not doing it. And we backed out. I'll never forget that, that meeting with Dr. Morocco, that core meeting, where he said, listen to me, pastors, you do the right thing, and if somebody doesn't like it, again, we don't know what Kramit means, but that's what he said. <laughs> Everybody say, always do the right thing. Right. What if it's gonna bring a wedge between me and my family? Do the right thing. Well, that was a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. It's always the right time to do the right thing. It was on our Instagram account. It's always the right time to do the right thing. I want you to say that. It's always the right time to do the right. What if they don't like me? Who cares? There's only two or three people that like you anyway, statistically. It's kind of a joke, but I mean, really, who are you worshiping? I mean, who are you living for? Are you gonna live for the, the opinions of your neighbor? Are you gonna live for the opinions of, of people? Are you gonna have more vested in your relationship than your relationship with God? You gotta do the right thing. We have to do the right thing. And sometimes, oftentimes, it brings a dividing line. Do never put a relationship, an earthly relationship, don't ever put any relationship above your relationship with the Lord, including your wife, including your husband. You know, I'm off, off notes here, but I didn't think about it until right now. You know what happened with Adam and Eve? I think Adam made Eve an idol. I, th I, think, he, I think he was afraid he was going to lose this. Woo! Bone of my bones. Flesh of my flesh. I think he was cons gonna, concerned he was going to lose that. And so he, he made her an idol. You don't ever make relationships an idol. Don't ever make any relationships. Always do the right thing. Everybody say it. Always do the right thing. And, and the, the Benjamites, they, the tribe of Benjamin, they, they endorsed evil. Don't tolerate evil. I said don't tolerate it. Don't tolerate it in your children. Don't tolerate it in your marriage. Don't tolerate it in your kids. I've known people who their husband, this is going to, you know, this is actually a word of knowledge. There's some, there's some folks out there that will listen perhaps later in the future, maybe now. And you're, you're, you're allowing your, your husband or your, your wife to have extramarital affairs. But because of finance, because of the house, because of the kids, because of all these different things you want to line up, you're, you're turning a blind eye to it. Let me tell you what you're doing, sir, ma'am. What you're doing is you're endorsing evil and you're, you're as guilty as the person who's doing it. I got like three all rights on the front. Some of you think I'm the heretic or something right now. If you don't do the right thing, then you're endorsing what they're... Come on, you're an accessory to the crime. Do you know what that means? Oh, yeah, no, the, if you find out... You know, I'm a mandatory reporter. We're mandatory reporters here. If somebody comes and confesses to me, Pastor, I'm going to do this and this and that and that, and I don't do something, it's evil and it's wrong, I have to tell... Somebody said, I got to tell you something you promised not to tell. I said, well, yeah, so long as I... So long as it's something that I don't have to tell. In other words, there's a law that's higher than you. You can tell me you're going to go kill somebody. You're busted. Okay, so that's how that is. You tell me you're going to go rob a bank on Thursday morning, and I hold that, then I'm basically empowering you to do it. Do you, do you, 
You said, that's not right. No, yes, it is. And so many times as we move forward in the plan and the vision of God, people don't wholeheartedly hold on to what's true. And they endorse evil and that empowers demon power to make that thing more entrenched and more powerful. So what do I do then if my husband or my wife is doing such and such and so and so and it's going to rock my whole family? You confront it and you get help. What if he doesn't change? Then you divorce him and you break that evil. You stop it. There are things that divorce is sometimes a good idea. God hates it either way. But you do not allow somebody to be a philanderer and be married to them because then you're endorsing it and you've done the same thing. You bring the wood. Do you understand what I'm telling you? You bring, the, you bring the bat. You deal with it. You confront it. You don't let your kids tell you, I hate you. What? In God's name. You don't let your kids do whatever they want. Listen, if I, 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 I am in trouble. You know what? Just keep in mind, I've had about five hours of sleep. If you have teenagers, you have kids that have phones, and you allow them to bring their phone into their room, you're a fool. What do I do? You don't go to bed with your phone. We could just pass the mic to Pastor Jason to preach up that you were a professor over at the ramp and, and defilement. I remember having a conversation with you about the defilement in this generation is like none other. And if you allow them to have their phone, and, and, and listen, you youth might not like me for it. I don't really care. You allow your youth to have a phone in their room. I don't care what kind of a fit they pitch. Who's in charge? you got to take a hold of that little despot. Either that or you're going to have a prison ministry in about 10 years. And we're very thankful for prison ministry here, but I'm not going to have, I don't, I don't want to have a prison ministry with my children. Amen. That's why I made them eat leafy green vegetables that they hated. <laughs> what, Pastor? How did you even tie that together? Let me say it this way. We made our children eat food. You know, if they, they hated it, we didn't serve it on purpose. But if it's being served for the first time and their mama made it, you'd be like, you just give them cut hot dogs the rest of their life? All you get is corn dogs? <laughs> Americans are known for that. Do you know that? What do you... Yeah, that's in America. They're not going to try any escargot. They're going to try anything. It's just a hot dog. We made our kids eat leafy green vegetables so they wouldn't smoke weed. It has no correlation between the two green, the, the two green things. That's not it. It's if you don't teach your kid to do things they hate, even though it's good for them, then they will then cater to themselves and be someone who is filled with self-serving they, they they won't know how to die to themselves they won't know how to, come on you've got to require your children to do it you got to you and you have to do it so we required our children to do things they didn't like so they could learn to do things they don't like because sometimes doing things you don't like is the right thing and if you're just opposed to doing it because it hurts all right raise your hands to heaven and say jesus help me right now and it kind of moves on to the next point, which is, this is a classic Dr. Morocco quote. Most believers have a 25 cent uh, view of reality. In other words, they don't really see that it, there's a war going on between the, in the spirit. They don't really see that they're going to have to pick up their cross. Do you know what that means? Do you know what pick up your cross? 
Go watch, go watch, what's that movie? Uh, Passion of the Christ. Go watch that. Pick up your cross and follow me, Jesus said. Just come and die, he says. Well, I, 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 thought, I thought I was going to get saved and just live the blessed life. Yes, the blessed life follows death. Let's have a praise break one more time. Amen. So you don't teach your kids to pick up their cross and, and daily reckon themselves dead. and you don't, you don't teach yourself to do that. I had a lot to learn. Don't try to put numbers up there now, honey. That ain't going to work. There ain't no numbers for me. At the stop clock back there. Are those big numbers for me? I heard you say, those aren't for me. Well, those are also not for me. It's too late. If you had them up earlier, I might have listened. It's too late now. I told you, five hours of sleep. If you're going to do something, if you're going to do something that makes a difference in the world, you've got to fight. And don't you know the devil wants to break in and take your kids and do all that? Yep, so what do you do? You've got to teach them to pray. You've got to teach them to live holy. You guys know. You've got to teach them to go to church. Going to church is not an option. This lady that came to me years ago, it's not recently, so if you think it's you, it's not. We don't use recent examples because it's offensive. So we at least, we try to let 10 years go by at least, and then we pick those. But they're very similar to ones that are happening today because there's nothing new under the sun. The devil's a liar. So I'm not talking about you because I wouldn't. However, pastor, can you pray for my son? Yes. He doesn't want to come to church. I said, okay, well, we'll, we'll pray for him. What's going on? Well, he just doesn't want to come. He just preaches a fit. He wants to play videos, and he stays at home so we don't bring him to church anymore. And uh, he, would you pray that he wants to come? I said, sure. How old is he? He's nine. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, living in my house? <laughs> You're going to church. That's not an option. You want to eat? You go to church? You, you've got to do studies, school. Did you see the statistics on the drop in public schools? Did you see that? There's whole states in America that are having a hard time now because so many students have been pulled out because there's, people are sick of this woke garbage. If I haven't offended you yet, I will by the end. You've got to teach your, you've got to teach your kids to live right and you, don't you endorse their evil by allowing them to exercise their fallen human nature. You, you lovingly, I don't mean be mean and abusive, of course not. That's not what I mean. Sounds like that when I'm talking about it. But it's lovingly. That yes is yes, no is no. That's it. That's, you know, I mean, my son, I could bring my son up and interview him right now, or my daughter who's far away. She'll be here for the power conference. Bracken's preached the gospel. What? What do Brackens do? Brackens, my last name is Bracken. That's what we do. What do you mean? We're Levites, man. We serve God. We go to church. We tithe. We give. We live holy. Brackens preach the gospel. That's what we do. Also, Brackens don't quit. I mean, I've sown all kinds of stuff. And, and really, you could just put Christian in front of that because Brackens are Christians. Christians don't quit. Christians go to church. Christians tithe. Christians live holy. Christians pray. Christians fast. Come on, somebody. Say amen. So when, the, when one of your children decides to say that I hate you and learns it from some, and that happened. Hannah did it once. One time. Lilo and Stitch, that's right. It was years ago, and she had some revelation on the hind of her understanding. 
this battle here in Judges. You think they would have won right away, but they didn't. And you think that just doing God's will would just, you just, just, he would just help you to do it. But there is an endorsement of evil. And you must change the way you see things. It is a fight. I remember years ago, evangelist Damon Thompson said this. I didn't come from the robe. I didn't come for the robe. I didn't come for the ring. I didn't come for the accolades of men. I came for the fight. And I, when he said that, I thought, me too, man. Let's go. It's, 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 it's part of the way that the Lord wired me up. But you, you have to get that. You have to understand. If you're going to do something for God, you're going to have to fight. Now, there are times where it just, boom, it happens. You're like, yeah. Woohoo! Look what the Lord has done. But there's other times you're going to have to fight for like seven and a half years. There's some evil, uh, pardon me, look at, look at number three there. Israel knew that they had to deal with this evil, and so do we. Evil has become so entrenched that it's become part of our culture. It's become part of our culture. Now, there's a new thing. <laughs> I, you're going to think I'm kidding, but the lower 48 is far more defiled, it seems, than Alaska, but because of... The, the media and phones and internet and TikTok, the Chinese spy app. Because of all those things, it's almost like it reminds me of, uh, of like the Tower of Babel. There's worldwide communication and style and culture worldwide all the time. You know, trending things are being pushed all over the place. You know, it used to be fashion that was slower to pick up, but you had to pick up a magazine to read it. Now it's just instant all the time. I forgot what I was saying. I just had five hours of sleep kicking out. I'll be right back. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back in a second. Well, it's just become part of our culture, and it needs to be. We, we need influencers to rise. We need social media influencers to rise. It'll push the influence of the kingdom of God. Where are they? Where are they? Some of you have an opinion about something that happened with a relationship and then you just get on Facebook and totally castigate somebody and you don't even know what the, really the truth is. And it's not even a biblical thing. If you've got a problem with somebody, you need to confront them. Matthew 18 talks about that, right? All right. There is some evil that's more powerful than others. And I would suggest to say, how many of you have seen The Lord of the Rings? Okay, I don't know, remember which one it was but they enter into the dwarf mines and all these orcs come to kill them and I'm not endorsing the movie uh, I do like it a lot and it was written by a Christian and it has a lot of sim symbolism that is, is biblical throughout the whole thing um, so that I, I enjoy that C.S. Lewis too so Tolkien so they're, they're in this dwarf city and all these orcs come, right? You know the story? How many of you guys know the story? Know the movie? And, and the orcs are going to come and they're going to do whatever orcs do. Goblins? Very good. Goblins. I'm so sorry. Let's, let's be sure that we, we stand corrected. They are goblins. So they, all these goblins surround them. And, you know, they're about to 
receive whatever goblins do, and and then all of a sudden, and everybody, and all the goblins are like, oh, there's trouble. You can tell there's fear all over their faces, and the goblins start running because something more evil than them is now on the scene, and this is demon bell rock. Run, you fools! That is a picture that there is some evil that is stronger than others. And I would, I, would, I would present to you tonight that sexual evil is deeper, broader, and wider than most other evils. It gets into the very psyche that people think in terms of sex and drugs. It just gets into... It's the only sin that takes place on the inside of your body. whole kingdom of darkness operates based on fear and power and control. But demon power is parasitical is another classic, Dr. Morocco. I want you to say that. Say demon power is parasitical. How many of you know what a parasite is? Parasite like lice. I don't have a problem with those. Because you have to have hair to have a problem with lice. I don't have any. But it's a picture that demon power comes to, to you, you can be a host for a demon power by believing on the lie and your actions that you take as a result. Strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. Mindsets that are impregnated with hopelessness that are contrary to God's word. Very good. When you begin to think in a way, when you have a mindset that's contrary to truth, it opens up a door for you to have parasites, demonically speaking. Let's have another praise break. You guys look terrified today. Come on. And if you mess around like that, you well, I, I've been doing that for all my life and nothing really has happened bad. Not that you know of. You're playing Russian roulette with your soul is what you're doing. Don't do that. All right, how to win despite heavy opposition? How to, what do you do when there's an endorsement of evil? Well, make sure you're not the one that's endorsing it. And then do everything you can to break that agreement. You'll notice in the text it says over and over, as one man. They contended as one man. It reminds me of Philippians contending as one man for the faith. They had tremendous unity, but even in their unity, they didn't have victory the first two times. It was only on the third time when they fasted and prayed. You're gonna, if you're going to see your family fulfill the plan of God, you're going to have to fight. And you've got you to gotta pray. You've got to believe. You've got you to do your part. How to win? Constantly inquire of the Lord. Everybody say constantly inquire. Verse 18, verse 20, verse 27. You've got to take time if you're going to win. I don't think that winning is the only thing. I think it's everything. I'm not into losing. God wired me up that way. You know, it's not a biblical thing to lose. I mean, overall lose. You have setbacks, you have difficulties, but like I said in the beginning of the service, if you keep, get, if you keep getting up and fighting, you won't lose. Because even, even in the end, death, where is thy sting? You know, we prayed for your dad, Lewis. Well, he won. Suffered, 
but don't understand all of that. You pray, you believe, you lay hands, you, see, you stand on scripture. And, and there's times when that doesn't happen until, until heaven. He's in heaven, he's not suffering anymore. He's, he's rejoicing with the, the great cloud of witnesses, reunited with his mother and father, running around on streets of gold, screaming over the banister, go Lewis, give him heaven. Your dad's liberated. And we comfort ourselves with that. It doesn't make it easy. It makes it easier. We grieve not like the world. Do you have to constantly inquire of the Lord? What do you mean inquire? Pray. You've got to constantly talk, inquire, ask. You've heard of the inquirer? It's a pretty defiled paper. But we're to inquire. We're to talk to God. They constantly say, Lord, do you want us to go? Yes, go. I'm going to give you victory. Well, the 26,000 get killed. Lord, do you still want us to go? I mean, we lost. Uh, uh, yes, go. 18,000. Lord, do you want, the third time they fast, they pray. You've got to inqu constantly inquire of the Lord. You've got to fast and pray. And, and I would add worship. It's interesting that Judah is the one that goes out first. Judah is for worship. You know, I'm all for positive confession. And I'm all for declaring scripture. And I believe that the, your, your, your tongue is a rudder of your ship. And you need to speak as, as though speaking is a very oracle of God. You need to line your word and your, your, your mouth and your actions up with obeying God's word. Then you have to pray and fight and bind and loose. And I'm going to just tell you, it's not taught. I, 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 years ago, I had somebody working on my house, many years ago. And he was telling me, oh, my marriage is over. We've gone all kinds of counseling. Do you have any wisdom for me? I said, well, tell me some more. He tells me some more. Tells me a thing. He's part of another church. Tells me this. And he tells me he's done all the right things that I can tell. And so in the end, I said, you've done all that? He says, I have. I said, okay, we'll keep doing it. And I'd fast. Fast? Yeah, fast. He says, I, I think I heard of that. I'm thinking to myself, What? I said, yeah, you restrict yourself from food or drink so you can pray. I want to tell you, fasting and prayer, every miracle you see around here, every single one, my whole life is marked by fasting and prayer. We would not be standing here, period. And some of you are like, no, I'm just going to fast video games. Okay, I'm glad. It's fascinating. What a sacrifice. Glory to God. I'm so proud of you. And try, try pushing yourself away from the table a little bit. Fold down your humanity and give up something that really stings. You know, the last time I did that when I was traveling, I this and it shot right out and almost killed somebody. It landed between two seats. Glory to God, the Lord is with me on that day. <laughs> I'm all for fasting video games. I'm all for fasting social media. Fasting really is a condition of, of your heart. Rend your heart, not your rend your heart, not your garment. Certainly, it is an attitude. But, it, but if you, I said this in one of the previous services. If you're not experiencing an increase in God's power, presence, and intimacy with him, you ought to check about what you're actually fasting. I'm glad you gave up soda. Good for you. That's great. I'm not feeling the love. Come on, lift your hands. But if you're not experiencing an increase in the, in the power, presence, and then breakthrough. You'll see breakthrough. Now, many times a breakthrough doesn't come until after the fast. Maybe we don't know what kind of fast they did, but they, they fasted and they prayed. 
There's so many people that are anemic in their walk with God, but they refuse to open the word. They refuse to spend. God wants to meet with you in the quiet time that you never have. God wants to visit you when you read the word. You know, I don't know why we call it quiet time. That's like such a religious thing. My quiet time is not very often quiet. God wants to meet you in the time that you've set aside for him. You gotta set aside time. You gotta spend time. With, come on, if you don't go to the gym, you, you, you're not gonna get stronger. Does that make sense? If, if you're doing things that are, that are not good for you, how am I gonna know you're gonna have the result of that? You're not what you eat, you are what you believe. And I'm all for declaring, proclaiming, but you must back that through prayer and through fasting. And worship, worship is the number one way that I, that I get breakthrough. And I've had people say, well, that's not the way for me. Well, that's fine. That's okay. But what is the way that you get breakthrough? I carry breakthrough. I want you to say that. Say, I carry breakthrough. Yeah, I mean, I think that way, that when I show up, the atmosphere is good. That's kind of arrogant. No, it's confident. I know that Jesus lives on the inside of me. I know he's called me. I was getting on an airplane and uh, I, I hit the top of the, you know, the airplane like I always do. And I thank you, Jesus. And I just kind of check for a second. You sure you want me on the plane? And this lady I saw saw me. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. She's like, I have total confidence. And, and so I'm never worried about all the, you know, what is it? The turbulence. I will not die before. The devil can't take my life. I will go in full strength. I'm going to live 120. You heard me say it over and over. I'm trying to get you to start saying it. 120 years, I'm going to preach, pray, and prophesy. I'm never going to retire. I'm going to raise up an army of preachers. I'm going to raise up an army of apostolic, anointed, prophetic people that go into the highways and byways. Going to plant a thousand churches. Going to reach 10% of the population. I say these things and I pray them. Some of you don't get a hold of your God-given, blood-bought right. And you, you sit there and you just think it's going to happen. It's not just going to happen. There's a fight. The devil heard about your promotion. It's Ziklag before Zion. Zik what? Ziklag. That's where David had his apostolic training center. And the enemy came and wiped everybody out. Took all his... All of his, all their families are gone. And they wept and they cried until they had no more strength. And it says in that text, I believe it's, uh, it's in the Bible, Old Testament. <laughs> and David inquired of the Lord. David strengthened himself in God. He asked for the ephod and he inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, pursue, overtake, and recover everything. You've been through a difficult time? Me too. We have also. We've been delayed year after year after year. And honestly, a people of lesser strength and grit would have quit. Now, I'm just going to tell you. You don't know this, but I'm going to tell you since we're, like, moving in Sunday. I'm just going to tell you. Many churches across the land would have emptied and thrown in the towel. You don't have a seven-and-a-half-year building project. That's, like, not normal. And I've had, we've been accused, oh, they must be doing something with the money. <laughs> I had somebody tell me recently, you know, people are very discouraged that we haven't moved in yet. Grow a spine! Do you think the devil... <laughs> Come on, say grow a spine. Do you think that if it, if it was easy, everybody would do it? 
And, and we need that facility for souls, and it has been a fight. Don't put your dukes down. We're close. You press. And, and if for some unusual reason things are delayed further, it's only a matter of time and we'll be in there. And I do believe 90%. But I thought we'd be in a year ago, and the year before that I thought we'd be in that. Who could have drummed up a wicked 80, 100-mile-an-hour storm that, center, that the center point of that thing was our building? about 15 miles wide, we had the highest winds, ripped into our building, glass delayed. It was like a perfect storm to cause $2.5 million worth of damage and delay us by six months, eight months. If you're going to win, you have to constantly inquire of the Lord. you got to fast and pray and worship. Thirdly, encourage one another. Encourage one another. I have certain relationships where folks that I'll call to get encouraged. I have friends of mine who get tremendous prophetic gifts, and my wife's my number one encourager. Who, who encourages you? You have to, the Lord's got to, you know, ultimately, there's times when it's just you and everybody else. Fell, can't you tarry with me one hour? And everybody fell asleep. And so there are times when you're in your Gethsemane, your, which means oil press. And it's you and God. And you can look for your pastor. You can look for your life group leader. You can look for your team leader. You can look for your auntie, your brother, your uncle, your cousin. And nobody's going to be there for you. Those, th- those are times like that that are designed to press you closer to God where you're possessed by a faith that changes and moves mountains. And there's other times where you can be pressing in and it seems like there's crickets in heaven. I think those are times where God wants to draw us closer together. Where there can be an agreement and you can develop relationships and accountability. But we must learn to encourage each other. Come on, someone say encourage each other. One of the tricks in marriage is make sure you're both not discouraged and depressed on the same time. If one of you's down, then the other one can pull them up, pull them up. But when you're both down, man, that makes it harder. Not impossible, just makes it harder. Encourage one another. You know, we have had, just this year, just this past year, we have had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that have come through here that are no longer here. It's because the enemy got them somehow, and they got discouraged. We have a whole department. It's called the Connect Department. And what they do is they reach out, they call. Pastor Vince is an integral part of that. Pastor Tammy, that's what they do. They, they, they visit, they phone call, they try to follow up with folks to make sure they're okay, to try to encourage people. You know why? Because the devil is a bad devil. We have people give their heart to Jesus, which we'll have here in just a moment. And you need to be encouraged to, to get in the Word. You need to be encouraged to get into some of these next steps and go up to the Discover track and, and to cut all ties with hell and learn to pray and all of these things that, that bring about the, the fruit of the, the blessed life. You need to learn how to do that. So we, that we need, how many of you need encouragement? We all need, everyone needs encouragement. Continue to persevere. We're talking about how to win in spite of heavy opposition. Inquire of the Lord, fast, pray, and worship. Encourage one another and be encouraged. D, continue to persevere. You heard me use the term grit. Anybody ever heard that it's more than a John Wayne movie? 
How many of you have heard of the word grit? It's interesting, there's a survey out, and I, I, I have it in some of my notes from the conference I just got back from. There's a survey out about those who actually succeed. It, it actually doesn't have so much to do about education or, or, or breeding or privilege or any of that. You know who it is? You know the ones that succeed? The ones that have grit. They have this indomitable spirit. They will not back off. They will not shut up, and they won't, they won't quit until they're done. Grit. You need it. You have to persevere. Some of you are like ready to throw in the towel. You needed this word tonight. <laughs> Jesus set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem. That's the way we need to be. What is God's will? Know what his will is. And then do everything you can. You pray, you fast, you persevere until it comes to pass. Somebody said, how have you been able to hang on building that building? Well, I think the, the, the basic honest answer to that is we knew beyond all shadow of a doubt because there's no man that could have done what he did. In giving it back to us, the fingerprint of heaven was all over it and a clear word from the Lord that we were supposed to do it. So after that, am I going to disobey that? Am I going to disobey God? I am not the kind. I don't do that. I'm not into that. I did that before I was saved. I don't do that now. So it just took a little bit longer, maybe a lot longer than we would have hoped. The truth is, if it took a whole nother year, I still ain't quitting. I don't know how to quit. How do you quit on what God said? This is, this is my will. So then, so then what? So then you, you persevere until it comes to pass. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. The devil's all over me. Keep submitting to God, resist the devil, he will flee. He didn't flee yet. Then that means you're not done submitting and resisting. But it's taking a... Well, there must be a lot at stake. I mean, I had to ask myself, why would, why would there be such a fight over, over building a building like that? Why? And the simple, honest answer is, there is a tremendous revival headed here. And we need it for souls. We need the space for souls. Well, thanks for the golf clap. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Souls. Everybody say souls. It's all about souls. Persevere. We're going to see our community saved. We're going to see Alaska saved. Come on, we're going to visit every home in Alaska. We started the process. You haven't heard so much about that just because we've been grinding to get across the finish line here. But we're, we're not done by a long shot. We have a long way to go. We will visit every single home in Alaska. Why would you do that? Because he's worthy of visiting every single home in Alaska. And, and, and God wants to touch people. And he's told us, we're, I'm giving you the state. Well, you're going to give us a state. You see, God gives, oh, watch this now, watch this. God gives promises. You have to possess them. There's positional blessing and appropriated blessing. Positional blessing. Daniel, hustle up here, son. This boy's man, man, this man was a boy. Obviously, born in my, to my family, God loved us so much that he, he sent this young man and, 
and my daughter to our home. He never has lacked for any food. He's never lacked for shelter. <laughs> He's never lacked for clothing. He's never lacked one thing. Is that right? Amen. That's right. That's, that's a positional blessing. He's a Bracken. He's my son. He's my namesake. My name is Daniel Andrew Bracken. His name is Daniel Andrew Bracken Jr. And his mother, that wasn't an ego thing. It was his mother who said, no, we're going to name him after you. And he carries a tremendous mantle and unction from God with a prophetic gift that's far beyond mine that's in the budding stages of coming forth. And it's a beautiful thing. That is all of those blessings up to a certain age were positional. It happened because he's my son. Now, however, he's his own man. Now, currently, he still lives in my house, but he's saving his money to buy his own house. And, and, and then eventually he'll have a, a wife. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's then up to him. Is he going to carry... Is he going to take what I've given him positionally now and run with it? And the answer is emphatically, yes. Thank you. So then that he has to appropriate it. See, you get blessed. You've got all of these promises. You have to take them, possess them, drive out every giant, and make it happen. Well, how come the Lord's not going to do it? He is through you as you co-labor with him. God's promise hasn't come to grow a spine. The jellyfish Christianity thing, that just isn't going to work. And I am so glad when the wind happens to blow and then, woo, quail, a day's journey. Hallelujah. I'm glad when that, aren't you glad when it just rains on you, the blessing of heaven, you didn't do anything and just wham, boom, fried chicken. You just get the hookup. Should probably not talk about food. But isn't it great when that happened? Isn't that great? When just like you were there and woo, and then it just happened. But you're never really quite sure how that happened. It could have been because you've been praying. There's many different reasons. We don't know. But there are times where you have to take hold of the horns of the altar and pray that thing through. Praying through is not even something that happens in modern Christianity. That's praying until, it, until you get the breakthrough, until you have peace and you know that God's answered. That can take weeks, it can take months. You know what I've found? When I have deep resolve, God does it rather quickly. So, so oftentimes I'm distracted by different things that I don't get that one accord. I don't get that, that violent, red-hot, white-hot unity for the word. It's usually when I'm pressed, like death is on the line, or, tr or tremendous you know, shame or loss. I'll tell you, the building's pushed me there a couple of times. <laughs> More than a couple. Many. Can't count them. Should have, somebody said, you better journal. I'm like, I know. I didn't. <laughs> you know what? There's a scroll written about it in heaven. You can read the book of Malachi, final chapter. There's a scroll of remembrance been written by those. Come on. I will tell you emphatically that the plan and the will of God for your life is worth fighting for. And if you don't have that kind of zeal and passion, God wants to you to acquire it. He wants you to have a revelation tonight of how important you are and the importance of your role in seeing it come to pass. God didn't have to use a Moses, but he did. God didn't have to use a Joshua, but he did. God didn't have to use different ones, but he did. 
He did. He uses man. Mankind is God's method for bringing the kingdom. Angels can't preach the gospel. Only you can. All right. God has made you to win no matter how hard the battle is. I want you to say that. God has made me to win no matter how hard the battle is. Try it again. God has made me to win no matter how hard. Say this. Say, no matter how hard the battle is, I will win because I won't quit. I've got victory. It's assured for me. It's the will of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Give a shout to God. Now, some of you might be in a battle, and it's not the will of God, so you got to discern that. If you're in a battle doing the will, because there are many things that happen when you're not doing the will. I'm not talking about that. All right. We can live holy. We can be holy. You might say, Pastor, you don't know what happened to my family. No, I don't. I don't know what happened. But I do know the power of God. And I know no matter what you've been through as a child or as an adult, no matter what's taken place, no matter how you've been wounded or hurt, I know that there's one who can heal you and help you. And you do not have to continue that same pattern in your family. You can live holy. You can walk in purity. You can do it. Come on, somebody say, I can do it. it. Holiness matters. matters. Absolutely. And we can influence our community. And I I will tell you that because... We have endured by the grace of God for which we give him all the credit. The breakthrough of moving into our building on Sunday night is going to release breakthrough for the whole body of Christ. Because I've had people say to me, you know something, I wanted to do something, I wanted to do something bigger, but I just, man, you, you guys have inspired me. You've inspired me in my, I'm going to tell you how many times, it happens almost every week. You've inspired me. Come on. If a bunch of donkeys like us can do something like that, then, then God, God can do something through anybody who'll just believe him. Something special about us. I mean, yes, we're made in his image, and yes, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, and we, and we do know our authority, and we're walking in faith, and it's still growing, and forgetting that which lies behind. I don't want to diminish that. That's important. God's trained our hands for war, clearly, but there's greater battles yet. I said there's greater battles yet. He doesn't, he doesn't tra- teach you to train you to go through something and then you get there and just be like, wee! Now you get a golden harp and you can just play your harp around the community. What do you think he does? He builds an Eagle River. He does something else. You plant a thousand churches. Come on, don't be like, oh, we're finally, oh, we're done. Oh, no. Oh, no, we're not. You're not laughing. <laughs> You never rest on your laurels. You keep moving forward. It's the kingdom of God advances. It increases. We can influence our community and see it become righteous. But if you tolerate evil, you'll be consumed by it. You need to hide out with your homeschool family inside your house and expect that it's never going to come to your house. You can stay in your pajamas as long as you want to. I'm just telling you. (laughs) It's hysterical. You have to fight. You have to learn to fight, and you have to vote. you got to vote. You know, I was so irritated. I don't know if you saw our elections, um, Pastor Jason, but I was so irritated that the Republicans split the vote, and we have, you know, most of Alaska. I'm, I'm not, I love people, okay? I love Democrats. I love Republicans. 
It's because they're people. I do not align myself with the democratic platform of killing babies and such. I just can't. I don't. I'm a Christian. And, and uh, I've had people say, well, I'm, I'm not going to your church because I'm a Democrat because my daddy was a Democrat and his daddy was a Democrat and I'm a Democrat. That party's greatly changed, by the way. It is not what it was back in the 50s, okay? It is in the 60s, very different. And, and both of them are corrupt, Republican, Democrat, they're all corrupt. So I love people, but you must vote issues. You said, we're not even in an election. Well, you will be in two years. And, and you, you gotta vote, you gotta do something. Get involved in the school district. Get, I said, get involved in the school district. Get involved in these areas of influence so that, we, so that you can see the kingdom of God expanded in the arts, in media, in education, in politics. That here, Noel? God bless you, Noel, Mayor Edna. Mayor Edna, you back there? Come on, give me an amen, Mayor Edna. Amen! I've said it before, but... You know, Mayor Edna, you're going to live forever, and, and you're going to go to you know you're going to go to glory and live forever. Where's the where's the where's the thirty year old Mayor Edna's? Where's the twenty five? Thank you. That's some guts. He just raised his hand. Why not? Why not? You train yourself. You get ready for that. Obviously, he's a man, so he couldn't be an Edna. So I don't want to... Eddie. Influence in, in medicine, doctor. Influence. We're here to make a difference, and there's a great fight going on. And if you just pull the covers over your head, it's not going away. It will affect your house. And I am not going to sit on the sideline and certainly not stand before the Lord to give an account for my life without having done everything I can with all the power that's within me to resist to submit to God, resist the devil, to see him flee. It is a tremendous fight for human sexuality and that which is right and that which is wrong, to draw, try to draw on away from the truth to sociological law, which always leads to death. Some antichrist spirit ramming it down our throats all the time. Learn to fight. He said, but it's hard. So what? Being crucified is much harder than whatever you're going through. Worship team, would you come? In closing, I remember it was in the early years of us being here. Pastor Jason, when we went back to Kauai to pack up all our stuff, Pastor Jason came and was it a month? I don't know. You were here for a while. He came and held the place. And then after you, I think, was Pastor Vince until we could get moved here. Thank you for that. I remember some of those conversations we had. You're like, wish you a lot of luck, bro. That's gonna, they need some help over there. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna do. I mean, you know, maybe the Lord put it in your heart to pray for us, which I'm sure you did. And you know, here we are now in the church of, oh, moving to 1,800 people and moving into a 73,000 square foot. So it's a miracle. It's a total miracle. And I thank you for those times that you sowed into us. But if it was easy, everybody would do it. You, you got to learn to fight. You got to learn to fight. One of the reasons, one of the many reasons that re churches don't break through in regions is because the guy is there. The leader is there for three to five years. Then he submits his name to go somewhere else. 
God called me to the state of Alaska. And, and I'm here along with you. How many of you have been called to the state of Alaska? It's a great place. It's a promised land. And there's a promise. I'll give it to you. Right here. Here it is. This is one of the prophetic words. Alaska will deliver a nation. God is crowning Alaska and allowing her the opportunity to enthrone and lift him high shifting the atmosphere and ushering in a powerful move of the Spirit of God for an entire nation of the United States of America. The battles are real and ancient in this pristine, amazing land, but the Father's hand is resting on Alaska, and His heart is moved as her people move, as her people move into His presence. In other words, he, you have to take a choice. It's a choice to move in. Move into His presence to deliver a nation. Isaiah 14 and 26, this is a purpose that is purpose concerning the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. Alaska is firmly positioned to release the purpose of the Lord as he stretches out his hand over our nation and the nations of the world. Let me tell you what the purpose of the Lord is, to see his kingdom manifested through souls being saved, people being healed, demon power being broken off. There is a hurting, broken world out there, and it is a fight. So belt up. Fast and pray and inquire. Do all of those things that are on your notes. And let's, let's see God bring us through this other side. Can you say amen? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.